Snuffleupagus's post-grad school drag persona, Conde Nasty. And I'm here to destroy all your stupid heteronormative fantasies, Ursula the Sea Witch. And this is... Ooh, reading reading RuPaul's, RuPaul's Drag Race. The show where we talk about whatever we want. But mostly Drag Race. Uh, so today we'll be talking about the premiere of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 11. So many thoughts and so many feelings. But so many drag queens. So many drag queens. I can't believe they're up to 15 now. We will watch that. They know us. Uh, but before we do that... We wanted to tell you a bit about ourselves and our fandom, as this is a brand new podcast. So, Ursula, let's start with you. Why don't you tell us your history with watching the show and what you, what, uh, what it is you love about it? I watched the first episode when it aired on VH1, because I didn't get Logo at the time, because that was back when Logo wasn't part of cable packages. So I, I distinctly recall the feeling, I, I re- vividly. The first time RuPaul said, lip sync for your life, the tiny hairs of my arm stood on it. Um, I've loved this show forever because it was such a beautiful parody of reality TV at that time. And it's hilarious to me that it is now like outlasted and eclipsed to the things it was making fun of. And has in fact become like the best reality television program on TV. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I've loved the show from the beginning. I was like, what a weird, like back, like, you have you didn't watch or have not watched season one in some time. We'll, we'll right? get to me. Oh, oh, I have watched season okay. one. Okay, but yeah, just that they were clearly doing it in a high school gymnasium. Oh yeah, no, it's like high, Vaseline it's a Netherlands. And you know, like see your pants, especially because of drag's origins in club culture in eighties New York, in like wherever they could do it. That was much closer to the origins of drag, and it will always that Vaseline smeared season will always hold a very special place in my heart because it was like. They didn't know what they had yet, and even it, it made it even worth putting up with Santino Rice, who I. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I, I do think that the the sort of rough and tumble drag never takes itself too seriously feeling of we're just sort of feeling this out and not just parroting Project Runway and uh, America's Next Top Model, but sort of pulling in Fear Factor and lesser and odder reality TV tropes in a way that was making fun of them but yeah. in a very seated your pants kind of you could almost see behind the production screen way was part of its early charm for yeah. sure it, it felt a little bit like watching a documentary yeah times. i mean yeah I, I i we've talked about this before but I, I drag race is kind of in three eras there's the early really ratchet era which is charming in its own right because yes. they were just where it was really parroting and making fun of reality right. TV. and then there was the what i would say the golden age of drag race which would be season four to All-Star season two. I would, I, that's where I would put that's, the markers. That sounds reasonable. Where it was like the best reality show on television, consistently pumping out high-quality content without a, without a stop. And I think at that point it had become absolutely the best reality television show um, that existed. It was no longer just about parroting. It was like, it made the industry more of a legitimate profession, and it had... It had a finish to it, but it, it was this, you know, very all-encompassing, multi-dimensional entertainer competition. Yeah, and and I think uh, I under I'm a grown-up, and I know the show is produced. I know the show has been produced since day one. It was much more seamless. But it was the yes, like it, it was it flowed much more organically. I was even if I disagreed with the decision, I was always in a place of like, well, fine, fine, you picked that person to win the lip sync and that's that's fine i would say after all stars 2 is where it the show got up its own ass pretty severely in places where just 
you know, you and that's one of the things I'm thinking about for this season is this isn't just the first season of like last season was the first season of Queens who started watching the show as teenagers and are now drag queens. This is the first season of the show where you have that, but their drag mothers were also on the show. This has now been around long enough that it's become the it's gravitational the center of season. drag. Yeah. It's really the like No, I, I agree with that. I feel like um, I agree with your there are three stages, but I would say the modern era is hard to define, though it's easy to define some of its most notable attributes for me. They are that you have a lot more legacy queens and a lot more people who started doing drag after the show existed who are a lot more manufactured and uninteresting because they're not authentic or honest in the moment. Not that that's everyone. There's still tons of phenomenal upcoming new talent, but you see a lot more of that. Whereas like season three girls still really didn't give a fuck what you thought about them in a lot of ways. That was one of the most interesting aspects of all stars four where like Manila was like, a master at manipulating the narrative. Or, We're going to get to that. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. But yeah, it was, just, it was interesting seeing a queen who did not come up with social media and drag race defining their professional existences. Yeah. And how she dominated. It was amazing. Um, and I have, I mean, I, I'm, I I'm had read a very long yeah. think piece on how Manila was the best at producing yourself of anybody on this show ever yeah. that the producers weren't even aware what she was yeah. doing half the time. I'm literally going to be Goldie Hawn in Death Becomes Her. Like in 10 years, I'm going to be in a psych ward and be like, I want to talk about Manila's elimination as I like twist a handkerchief and my palms bleed. That's, I will never quite not be like this. Okay. <laughs> um, and I feel like this this last iteration also feels like there are ways in which RuPaul doesn't really respect the show or the queens as much as she used to and is willing to sort of sacrifice space that they've spent years building their careers and their reputations in order to have them have a Real Housewives-style argument on an All-Star season, which I feel like, as much as I appreciate the drag is something that doesn't take itself too seriously, I do think this is a very, very challenging career to become commercially successful. And while RuPaul has created their launching pad, I think it's Frankly, I respect too many of the star All-Stars contestants that I'm like, why are you reducing them to a Real Housewives reunion? You have an, a show with some of the best drag queens in the world. Drama will happen organically. I would much rather see you challenge them as entertainers than have you do a Real Housewives reunion. This show should be above it, and obviously you don't think so. Yeah, I was, and that's that's honestly my feeling about the third iteration is that they're willing to sacrifice them and they're way less seamless in their production. Yeah, like I was I was watching I just rewatched season All, all Stars two and there's a bit at the end when all four queens are on stage and Rue gets choked up talking about how amazing they are and I bought it like I believe that Rue actually thought that highly of all the queens on that stage because even for the nonsense of eliminating each other chicanery. They were four very talented queens. I, we, it's, no, it's, I, I it's, yeah, it too. It's low-hanging fruit to rag on Roxy Andrews, but Roxy's a very talented dancer and a very pretty queen. Oh, no, that. she's yeah. competed against the best of the best who's ever been on this. So I think a lot of people tend to underestimate her. I am not a Roxy stand by any imagination, but I will absolutely like argue to anybody who discredits her skills and talents as a drag queen. She is a phenomenal drag queen who has only competed with the very few other even more phenomenal yeah. drag queens so out like, there. And then rewatching three and four, it's like every one of those final items made you kind of go, uh, mm -hmm. huh. So that's what you're doing. And that's, and that's the difference. Like yeah. 
It just, and again, I'm not saying Manila had to win that season. I'm saying for a final of that season to be legitimate, Manila needed to be in that mix. If you wanted to have a moment where you said, wow, you're like the most amazing queens I've ever seen. Well, that's one of them is going to be Manila. So, okay. okay. All right. So, so I'm, I'm going to give my, oh, go ahead. Yeah. You do your concluding thoughts and no, I'm going to no. answer those questions myself. Oh, no, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Okay. Right. So I started watching the show. I'm somebody who has watched it from the beginning, but intermittently. And I only really became somebody who watched it religiously. I owned the seasons. But I, when I first started going to gay bars, I was sort of underwhelmed with drag. And Drag Race would be on, and I'd watch it with friends. I'd watch it at bars. But I wasn't somebody who followed religiously or remembered all the queens. I did feel particularly that drag queens back then, both that I saw at gay bars and on the show, were a little crunchier that I was less impressed the lack of hip padding as as a Kinsey five who has enjoyed sex with women I will say that I was not impressed with the no padding uh, Morgan McMichaels look of season two and when brilliant comedians like Pandora Box were doing very brilliant classic comedy drag and then being dismissed for it I was not I liked the show I wasn't in love with the show I'd say I started watching more the past three years, and now I feel like I'm an absolute stan who knows it all like the back of their hand. And, and if anything, I'd say I respect the earlier seasons more now than I did when I was like 23 and just starting to go out to gay bars and seeing drag for the first time at all. Yeah. Um, so the, the all-important question, Kevin, what's your coven? What five queens constitute your coven? Oh, well, Jinx... Sasha Velour, well, I, I always like a nerdy, arty queen, especially when they can mix it up. One of my favorite things about season 10 was watching, was every time they paired Shay and Sasha together, they got better. They brought out great things in each other, and that made, that was one of my favorite parts of that season. But so, let's see it. So Jinx, Sasha, I'm going to say Bianca. I know Bianca has one note, but she sings it real well and real consistently, and it is like, Right up my alley. Like I, I was born very in the, cat skills, very Yeah, I was yeah, I was born in the wrong decade. I was really I should have grown up in a Cole Porter musical. So like really that sense of humor is like right right where I live. I'm not and again, I'm not saying she's better than other queens. She won in season because she could be consistently a professional when the other queens couldn't. I appreciate all of those arguments, but it gets me where I live. Um I'm going to say Pandora Box. I always, the, the show will always have rolled She's Pandora phenomenal. wrong for me. She, yeah. Oh, her, her Carol, I want her in an all-star yeah, season. Her, her Carol Channing was better than Bob's. There, I said it. Oh, you know, it was. <laughs> I mean, I think Bob would say that. Yeah, they were both great. Though. Yeah, oh, they were both, yeah. Um, Vendela, I like a, I would, if I had to pick a drag city to live in, it would probably be Seattle. This, like, oh, yeah. this oh, yeah. theater, Vintage. yeah, theater-infused drag is right where I live, if nothing else, because Theater people know how to respond to things without their face cracking. It is a it is a life skill, and theater and like it's why I think everyone should do theater, uh, just because the ability to handle a fuck up without looking like you fucked up will get you very far in this world. And the Seattle queens just have that improv artsy fartsy background that uh, yeah, I just think gives them a deeper bench of references. And you know, it's how it's how you get gray garments like that. Just like commitment to like. A bit. I agree. I, I do think the lineage of Seattle Queens is small but impressive, but also remember Robbie Turner's in there. I feel like if Ben and Jinx are our go-tos, like I live in Seattle now just for the drag shows, I, I 
I'm curious if it's actually all that good. But yeah, no, they're, they're, they're phenomenal. I agree yeah. with you. I agree with you there. Um, I would say that my coven, first off, my, my favorite queen is Katya. Katya is, oh, I forgot to say Katya. I'm going to go kill myself off. You're, you're fine. You can, you can have a long life. You're fine. <laughs> um, so Katya is my age. She comes from a very similar socioeconomic milieu. Uh, I feel like she tends to make a lot of jokes that I feel like I used to make in my 20s, but I wasn't a drag queen, so people would laugh, would not laugh, but rather look at me like I was crazy. Um, but she pulls from a whole Rolodex of humor and type of humor. Like, I will make jokes about Leninism. I will make jokes about fiscal cliffs. Like, she is, I will make jokes about weird expectations of femininity, left, right, and center in awkward moments toward the hilarity of the awkwardness. I'm not saying this is my best personality attribute, but like, you know, Katya is in so many ways my spirit animal. Um, I love Jinx for all the reasons you mentioned. Uh, I love Trixie. I know that people are critical of how she's performed on the show, but I am somebody who has followed her. I'm from Chicago. We have mutual friends in common, though I've never met her. Um, I have followed much of her career prior to and after Drag Race, and I love her a lot and connect with her. Um, Alaska, because Alaska is basically my husband if my husband was a drag queen. And That is, uh, that is true. That is very true. Uh, um, and the crystal gem that is the fusion of Shea Coulee and Sasha Velour uh, would be my fifth, because I fucking love Shea Coulee, but he is a real brave and ambitious Gryffindor in a way that she is a bad bitch on another level that I'd like her in my coven, but I don't think I'm that much of a bad bitch Gryffindor. <laughs> and I feel similarly with Sasha as a bad bitch Ravenclaw, but the, the they, they I think that they managed to pull, like, Sasha Velour is very conceptual. Shay is very brave, ambitious, and multifaceted. And I think Shay pulls Sasha just a little more in the direction of like commercially accessible and funny. And Sasha pulls Shay just a little bit more in the conceptual yeah. realm. And they're both absolutely capable of those things. And I think they elevate each other. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like that, that prime partner duo. Like, oh, I would, perfect. I would and they just had fun doing yeah, it. I would legit watch that show. Me too. Like Me if too. they like get on it. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny you say Ravenclaw, because I'm totally a Ravenclaw, which, by the way, so is Hermione, separately. Um, but yeah, maybe that's why I respond so much to Sasha, because I was, like, the nerdy, overly well written. Like, I guarantee yes. you, Sasha Velour was a child who, as a child, walked down the street while reading a book. I'm absolutely certain that happened at least once, and I did that thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I concur. <laughs> um, all right, so then, uh, I think that we don't... I was going to ask next... So, why did we decide to start this podcast? But I think our effusive answers to everything else have served to answer that. So I, I think that we can... Uh, yeah, because we love Drag Race when we're right about everything. Yeah, so. and, and I've listened to enough podcasts that sound like twink nonsense. Um, I really loved What the Tuck with Joel Kim Booster and Nicole Byer. The, when they were there. <laughs> when they were there. The hosts have changed. I like the hosts on their other platforms. I don't really like their reviews of Drag Race. I feel like a lot of the podcasts that I have encountered seem like very subjective people who are like, I really like this person, so I'm just going to lean heavily into everything I like about them and be incredibly dismissive towards everyone else. And I just, I haven't, I have not found a Drag Race podcast I like other than that, and that is not really existing so, anymore. And I hate, those I hate to say it because, like, Alaska's the best, and Willem is very fucking funny, but Race Chaser? 
the pacing is slow. Yeah. The, the, I feel like the thing is both of them want to be the beta host, and they both make a great beta host. Neither one of them is, like, getting in the chair and being the ass napping to a person of color. Somebody who yeah. knows how to, like, yeah. lead a panel. And they're both very funny, but I feel like the pacing of that, like, I, I like, I love them both. I think they're both very funny. I feel like one of them needs to, like, take an Adderall and she's going to be the best. Yes, I want to keep it a drag race podcast. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So for today's episode, we have a special guest appearance. Hi, I'm that girl down the street that you don't like. So welcome. How are you, that girl? I'm good. Good. I'm happy to be here. Yeah? Yeah. We're, we're happy to have you here. I'm very happy to have you here. Uh, so, before we get started, why don't you tell us what five queens from the queendom, from the candom, constitute your coven? Okay, so I have a quick question before I tell you. Like, for my coven, does that mean, like, as they are now, or as they were when they were on their season? Because there's a big difference. Dealer's choice. Yeah, dealer's choice. Dealer's choice. Okay. Um... Ooh, I uh, if I go with my heart, uh, I'd have to say it's probably going to be Alaska, Trixie and Katya, and then Bob and Cracker. Okay, no, those are those are legitimate choices. Those are one yeah. choices. Yeah, I, I I I didn't think I was gonna land on Cracker, but then I was just like, uh, actually, uh, now that I think about it, swap Cracker for Sasha Valore. It does, you know what? You can go beyond five. Points. Yeah, like, uh, I. It's it's it, no, no no no. It's not a life. I, I like following. It is I want it to be a life boat. <laughs> all right, all right. What so, if it's death? <laughs> so why don't you tell us about uh why why Alaska is your favorite? Did I say Alaska was my favorite? I don't think so. Well, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, Alaska was my favorite for a really long time, but after after the whole Queen of Snakes fiasco, I just, like, I took a step back, reevaluated my life. Okay. Reevaluated my choices. Um, do I still stand for Alaska? Of course. Of course. But, um... Yeah, honestly, Alaska still. There we go. <laughs> I, I knew we'd land there. I'm glad. I'm glad we we got this boat to where it was going. Yeah. Um. All right. So, then why don't we get started with the episode? Uh, Vanjie, Vanjie, Miss Vanjie. Ah, oh, she's back. She is, and what a way to start the episode. I have to say, her entrance was really a masterclass. Like. Her look was great. Little details like the garters, the like every everything worked. And if it were any, did that gold arm work? Well, let's talk about the garment, and then we'll talk about the gold arm. She did. She did it with her runway look, which we'll get to later too. Where that like just body glitter for days, glitter for days. Yeah. Where that that those are choices I may not agree with, but by and large the look worked. And if it were any other queen, I would have assumed the producers like suggested she get behind the scrim but i'm like no 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 she's producing herself yeah she and this is this is the thing like the, the weird thing i have about vanjie at this point is we've only seen her in two episodes both in challenges where she's not wearing her own drag yeah. so, so it is a very weird place where it's like you're a huge presence in drag right now 
but we've never actually just seen Vanjie do Vanjie. So it's like this weird, like... Unless you've seen her live. Oh, yeah, yeah which I have. Yeah. yeah, no, I've, we've seen her live, and I... Live. I live. I mean, don't, I love Miss Vanjie. was... She... Every... We'll get, we'll, so let, yeah. let's get back to the episode. Yeah. I agree with you. The garment was phenomenal. She's made, she's commented a lot on how she's very concerned with the feminizing silhouette because she was traumatized by season <laughs> 10, episode one being eliminated. And is she going to have a rip So you <laughs> never see her without like visibly, I have done the work to give you a feminine silhouette. This look did it. I think it had a lot of great details. Was it the most innovative? No. Did she look great? Yes. But the body glitter, not everybody loves. I'm kind of here for that moment because I like weird arty conceptual films where people do like, is my body gold or is this glitter? And I like that she was like, this isn't body glitter a la Britney Spears in like 1998. This is like gold almost finger. gold. Yeah. Like, I actually like that. I want but it's not for everyone. Season seven Bianca Del Rio finale look <laughs> or I want nothing okay. <laughs> like give me Fair give enough. me a actual gold arm yeah or like but don't because it was too much to be like just glitter. i just have some glitter on like it was it it was trying to give you full real yeah. like yeah golden armor <laughs> but uh, and one thing i'll say uh, about it being a simple look i'm a fan of unique like 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 when uh i watch a lot of cooking reality shows over the years and like there's always like the challenge where it's like just make some fucking scrambled eggs because scrambled eggs are really good, but they're all, they're really simple, but they're real easy to fuck up. So like, I want to know that a drag queen has like simple evening gown, skills. face beat for the gods. I can give you like, yes. Is this the dry toast of drag? Sure. But you know, it's good toast. I get toast with breakfast. Well, you also, like, you it's like, I want to be like able a, to do the basics. Yeah. I, I want to see you land a ba I want to see you land a, like a splits before I care if you can death drop, like there's like a, I want to know you have the basics under you. So yeah, I appreciate I that. I get it. In terms of, okay, we, we don't, because eventually the sun will go Nova and consume the earth in a ball of fire. We do not have time to go one by one down this list of Queens because there's a thousand. And like, oh, they're all Davenports. Yeah. Like, like the entire town of Davenport, Iowa is now on the show. Like, I don't like, there's like at least three. I'm not kidding. You are correct. I would like to go on to the next queen though, yeah. just because she made a she stood She's, out to me. Yeah. Nina West, who apparently is quite famous, has been trying for years and is the toast of the town in Columbus and one of the first queens. Where in her introduction, she's referencing Disney. She's referencing like I don't remember her exact she references, but she was referencing Muppet, like Steve Martin. Martin. Yeah, yeah. Like it was it was her Meet the Queens where she talked about yeah, Steve so Martin. Yeah. Things. but yeah. I, I like that she she's a bigger girl. She's 39, which isn't old, but it is older compared to the average contestant these days. She's clearly, like, pulling from not just, like, female influences, but, like, male comedy from the 70s uh, to today. And I feel like she feels different. She feels seasoned in her own unique way. I'm very excited to see what she does. I do think that queens like her a la, uh, who got sent home during the comedy challenge in season seven with Katya, uh, Mrs. Kasha Davis. Like, I, I feel like she gives me a little bit of that vibe. Yeah. And I feel like the judges tend to be like, you're not a pretty young thing. We're going to send you home the second we can. And I'm watching Nina West desperately hoping that she gets to stick around because I think it'll yeah. be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I'm excited to see what she brings. Yeah, I'll give you that. 
Uh, I want to move on to Scarlet Envy, who I am convinced, I think looks prettier as a boy than in drag, because there the unblended jawline is attractive. Um, like, it, like, like walking in, I'm like, okay, like I get what she was doing with like the, I'm going to stop the bikini at my navel and then have this thing dangling in front of where the bits should be right. as like a, like, like a thing. Right. That was like a little middle finger to Trinity to be like, you're not the only one. And I get it. Appreciate it. But that is the... I'm looking at this image from like four feet away right now on your laptop screen, and I can see the squareness of the jaw and could like cut myself on it. Yeah, like, no, no, that is crazy. She she not only has like the only thing on her that is not androgynous is her big square, like very defined manly jaw. She also didn't do much to conceal the beard very well, yeah. or she attempted to contour and created a beard. Like um, the last time I saw a jaw like that, it was like. Batman in Batman the Animated Series where they intentionally drew a jaw that was not something you could achieve biologically. I didn't feel, I didn't, <laughs> I wasn't offended by her jawline. I thought it was great. I thought it like reminded me of this type of model that has a really strong jawline. I, I, I didn't think that it overly masculinized her in any sort of way, but there is something that I have thought, which is like, did, did that like the the shape of that look just didn't do it for me. I don't know what it was, but the proportions on it, for some reason, I just felt like well, it was just like it was a completed look that wasn't all there. Yeah, she's well, she's wearing a corset and a medallion, and that's why it looks weird. Yeah, it doesn't have a bikini, an actual bikini bottom. It's just like a medallion and tights and a corset. Yeah, really I, I don't know. I just feel like it's just, yeah. Where, where's where's the rest of this outfit? Agreed. I wanted to see all of it. Agreed. I, I, I like a lot of it conceptually. <laughs> I do. I it's not the jawline that bothered me. It's the makeup on the jaw that bothered me, and that I think a lot of people are clocking her for. The look felt incomplete, but I liked it. Uh, like in theory, the jaw, the makeup on the jaw, there was something wrong with it, yeah. as you saw it on television. But overall, I did like her and get a good positive. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Like we'll get to her runway look too. But one thing that surprised me is, uh, like how attracted I am to Scarlet out of drag. Is as we've known each other for a long time, and as you and my internet browser history can attest, I do not like long hair on men. So I'm like real surprised that I'm like, ooh, hello. See, I also feel like we grew <laughs> up in the era where so many like gross guys who weren't good at sports exerted masculinity by growing out their hair a la Kurt Cobain and not washing it. And that's always gross. I feel like when, when there's a man with long hair who actually, like, uses shampoo and conditioner yeah. and knows how to comb it, like, I'm pretty agnostic. Yeah. I mean, personally. All I, all I think about is Harley Davidson dads who, like, have it in a braid, and it's just... Oh, like, like bald on top, uh, ponytail in the back. <laughs> uh, not bald on top, no. <laughs> just, like, long hair that's just, like, in a braid. And they have, like, yeah. their leather fantasy going on. <laughs> I I don't know. I just I I associate it with people that have skin that's clearly like smoke too many packs a day. Mm. <laughs> it's just ooh. okay. What did but you? I will oh. say, uh, Scarlet. One thing that I like about her is she's giving me like Pearl, but Pearl who like cares, and that it's just like yeah, uh, yeah. But at the same time, you're just like oh, but you have like life. For you. So, yeah. so, someone, they're not on the sedative right yes. now. That's so, awesome. Someone threw some memes up, and my favorite was it was uh, Pearl plus uh, Tammy Brown equals Scarlet and Oh my god. Visually, <laughs> yeah, that's god. accurate. Visually, yes. that's accurate. And personality wise, this is the, oh my god. That's wow. <laughs> I, 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 
I'm cool with the fact that she's Pearl's daughter because I'm just like, okay, I could go for another version of Pearl that just has a little more like uh, to her. It isn't right actually if, on the set of this. Right, if they, the if they stab Pearl with an epipen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Evie, oddly, I, speaking, of, speaking of Tammy Brown, uh, we get to Evie, oddly, and... I want to like this look more, but I found that it was it was the RC car on the boa, but then nothing else. It was like, what, what? And I want to like, I, I always like an oddball queen, because if nothing else, I like someone to get in the face of the, and this is like a more early drag race thing, where it's like, there'd be like the Mariah pageant queen who looked down on every other form of drag, and then you'd have someone doing gender fuck, or, right. you know, like, to just really mess with people, but... I'm worried Evie Oddly is like this, like a snake eating its own tail. It's not like collapsed back in on itself, where now the being the odd drag queen is now going to be as pompous and structured as the pageant queens are cute. Yeah, but I mean, it can go one of two ways, and that it could go very Jinx Monsoon, and that it turns into everything, yeah. or it could be very Milk, and that it's just like, ugh. So, like, just, just like, do it. Just... Yes, yeah. fully do it, girl. Just do it. Oh, and uh, we're we're go we're just going down the list in order, skipping over the four thousand Davenport. It's like, why are there so many Davenports? Well, I just want to okay. say on Evie, I completely yeah. agree with you, and I do. I feel what you were saying, yeah. and I and I do get the vibe that she's going to not be willing to compromise, and is really just there to like fuck with the pageant girls with a really narrow, narrow view. And I want a conceptual queen will like compromise a little bit to kill it and show them like what she does so Sasha. Yeah. interesting yeah i want sasha and let, let the record say right now i am here for evie i'm here for like, evie I'm but i don't think she's it. gonna laugh i'm like she's honestly probably my favorite all right so it, far. it's it's time we need you to talk about silky okay the elephant <laughs> in the room silky ganache Girl, like, okay, the, speaking of Miss Vanjie at the top, Miss Vanjie turned, you know, a cumulative six minutes on screen into a career. A career. And even when she's back here now, like that, like, Rumpelstiltskin hiding behind until you say my name thing cracked me the fuck up. And she know she apparently either knows or has the instincts or both to know exactly how much to push herself and then let inertia do the rest. Yep. Silky just came in and said, like, you can't say you want a spinoff. Spinoffs happen organically. Like, that's just how that works. It just, it makes me, it was just like, and then she did, just didn't have this, we'll get to it on the runway, but she just didn't have the skills to back it up. Like, you like you know, there are queens who run their mouth constantly and talk about themselves all the time, but then they slay and you're like, well, I guess I just have to sit here and take you doing that because you backed it up. So just like six seconds in, I was like, I'm already had too much you, and I'm sad because I want to. I want to stand for a Chicago girl. Like I, I don't. I. I mean, I like. Don't get me wrong. Hometown pride for real. But like, Silky was somebody that I think a lot of people in Chicago were very excited. I nothing I saw with her really impressed me, and she was obnoxious in the workroom. We'll see how she does. Yeah. I, I'm pretty at this point indifferent. I if she turns it out, great. She does seem like she's going to be so obnoxious and overwhelming the workroom that all the rumors are saying that production is really struggling to create storylines. I, I honestly think she's going to, like, 
suffocate the competition and that she's gonna suck all the air out of the room and just be the last one standing solely because everybody else died. Like, I think she came here to play the game. She's playing the game in the way that the game hasn't been played yet. She's playing to win, and I'm actually kind of here for it. Like, take up every single inch, bitch. I live. She's going to do amazing this whole season because she is not going to let them breathe. Oh, no. I, I picked her for my Drag Race Fantasy team a couple weeks ago, and I'm thrilled because she ain't going nowhere. She'll suck the life out of the room. I, I don't I don't have the faith you guys do in her longevity. That said, I love that she's giving us full felt out of her realness and her confessional look. I can't help but assume that that was, like, intentional because it's so spot on. Yeah. Uh uh, is there any other queen? I, I'm intrigued for both. Um, Merce- like I wanted to like Mercedes Amon Diamond more than I did, because I was like, I, I'm always thrilled when I, whenever there's a queen from with like a personal or cultural background that hasn't been on the show before. I'm like, ooh, you, you might have some references that will be new and interesting and fun. And I am again, it's one episode. It's always the the materials did, challenge. Did you know this for her jewels? I I liked her. I, I liked her entrance look mostly her runway didn't thrill me i'm also curious what what's her face plastique tr is gonna do because she like again i'm just i'm curious what the non you know non-white race in america queens will do um so I, on, on mercedes i feel like we we're all excited because she's the first muslim contestant she is like bb she is an african queen in uh minneapolis minneapolis which i think people outside the midwest don't realize has a fair amount of people from East, from East Africa, East Africa. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm excited, theoretically, at her presence. At every step along the way, she gave me a level of mousiness, and there isn't anything above pretty that I I have very little faith that she will last past four hours. Yeah, sadly. Um, I, I would, I would love agree. that representation to be there. I will say, I think she's going to get clocked on her makeup, but I actually like the way that her makeup looks more like an illustration than like I'm trying to give you Womana. Yeah. I think it's very fun, but I don't think that the judges will like it. But it actually registers on television the way that feels like moving art. And I like I love it. I can see it. I, I yeah. I what are you what, <laughs> can, 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 come on. You, no, I so many I, feelings I, I wanna on that talk space. I, I have a lot of feelings because you skipped over some queens that I did want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is there anyone else? Um, so I, I can I we can talk about plastique. What are your thoughts? Oh, um plastique. I'm excited for because she's gonna be like, you know, I'm excited how a Asian drag queen interprets the house of Edwards. Like, because the yeah. House of Edwards is so, like, more is more Texas. is more. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm I'm totally intrigued by her because I think she's going to be, like, more is more in a way that we haven't seen. Yeah, I, so, I'll say I'm, I'm more intrigued by her than I normally am by the fishiest queen in the first episode. Does okay. the idea of her being somebody who's, like, come up under Alyssa Edwards is inherently intriguing there was nothing about her that particularly impressed me or stood out to me or resonated with me but i i suspect she's going to give us more than like you know a candy hole level i'm a pretty girl and like that's literally all i Ooh, can God, do there's, there's, there's nothing else to me 
Um, I yeah. think we'll get more than that, but I don't know what it is, and it will be interesting to see. I do want to talk about the Davenports if we have time. Yeah, we do we yeah, have time? Yeah, yeah, because, like, one, we should be discussing all of our, like, all of our queens, because they all matter. Oh, okay, cool. okay, okay, but Honey Davenport, yep. I'm excited for. Okay. I've looked up her stuff. She does a little bit of everything. She has her a lot but I'm excited for her. Like it didn't give me anything crazy, but I was I was okay. Okay. And then uh, the other Davenport, the uh, Curia, I was I liked her. Like I, I'm I'm pretty underwhelmed personally. I thought she was beautiful. Like her face. We're talking Andrew. Yeah. No, I okay. too. I I thought her face was beautiful. I thought. I thought she looked great. She looked very pageant, but I don't think that's bad no. to rep on your entrance, like, yep, if that's, that's your lane. Yeah, no, yeah. And, and Raja O'Hare is also with Davenport, right? Yeah. Yeah. Raja D. O'Hare. Right. He gave me dead in the eyes. I actually can't remember any queen who, who seemed so, like, the opposite of having it on screen. Mm. I... I it, I'm, it annoyed me that her glasses were like huge Carol Channing glasses, visibly with no lenses. Okay. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> like, if you're gonna do the, uh, just the frames, because I think I think uh, Monet's are that way too, where it's just it's not even like they're non-prescription lenses. It's just literally just no frames. lens, just just frames. Oh, okay. They were like the small little circular ones. This like like what are we doing? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, there's. I, I know I shouldn't be, like, critiquing drag queens for having affectations, but some land for me and some don't. Okay. Um, so the earrings, though. Oh, girl, <laughs> even I know how to put on earrings. Like, yeah. I, I don't see her last yeah. past five episodes yeah. at Max. Yeah. Um, so moving on to Brooklyn Heights, I'm just going to say this. I love that she came in and she called herself a queen of the North. The, the little Mountie look, that's fun. And, like, hey, I'm Canada. I'm going to tell you right now. If you're going to come in and say, I'm Queen of the North, I'm expecting expecting the Daenerys Targaryen white drag that she wore while fighting the White Walkers <laughs> with full Sansa Stark, I'm the Queen of the North hair. Like, I wanted her to come in and say, I'm Canadian and I am giving you winter is coming realness <laughs> with highlighter for fucking days. The Mountie look was cute, but an immediate disappointment. Also, I just detailed you what my entrance look would be <laughs> if I was ever on Drag Race. Do not copy it, bitch. I will find you and I will cut you. Uh, okay. Okay. Said, okay. Moving on to <laughs> Ariel Versace. Oh, well, actually, does anybody have any other thoughts on Brooklyn Heights? Uh, I, I'm cur- I'm intrigued. I mean, she's a, like a trained ballet dancer and trade out of drag like uh, i'm i'm and i think a bit of I, I think the internet seems to be treating her like a bit of a front runner at this point so yeah uh, we'll see where it goes yeah. um that's the thing with this you get like six seconds with each of these queens and it's so hard to form like an actual opinion i'm very comfortable saying when i don't yeah know. like ariel versace i'm very like meh yeah. You seem like you know what you're doing. We'll see if you actually know what you're doing. I, I like her talking head more than her drag so far. She's kind of like the... She seems thoroughly yeah. annoyed by everything. Yeah, she's a little... Which like, I kind of am like, oh, you're used to like, you're used to being that girl who's super, like, overpowering. Yeah. So yeah. the fact that you aren't here is really yeah. upsetting you. Yeah, when the mask <laughs> falls off, it really makes it thud. 
Um, oh, Kahana Montrese. I... Kahana. You can tell she's a Montrese based on the makeup and... <laughs> that is really, like, I, I felt her entry makeup was, yeah. like, didn't give me Montrese. <laughs> but... I'll, during the challenge, girl, that was straight up my trace thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will say Kahana out of drag is every boyfriend I had in my 20s. Like, that was definitely my type until <laughs> about 28. He looks literally like a fusion of three people I dated for at least eight months. He's... <sighs> and Why? I think uh, that brings us to, to sweet summer child Soju, who's just... You could tell the right, like, spoiler alert, but the writing was on the wall with her. Please give us your monologue on this. Oh my god. Okay, here's, I, I, I Soju is exactly the type of queen I want to like, because it's an aesthetic and a personality that we don't get to see a lot in Drag Race, but I think she actually was hurt by Kimchi being on the show before. Like, jumping to the runway look for just a second, like, had Kim, in a world, a sad alternate universe in which Kimchi doesn't exist. You look at that look and say, well, she has a, a silhouette we've never seen before, a set of cultural references we don't have. Maybe it's worth keeping around one more episode. In the in this world, the better world where kimchi does exist, you look at so Soju and go, we've seen this before in the hands of a literal master. Like every Korean is like, I, not to overly generalize here, but whatever she can come up with, like looking at her two looks, her entrance and her runway, whatever Asian inspired look she wants to do, Kimchi did it in a way that like made me fall on my knees and weep. Yeah, and no. Soju was never going to give you that. She perfectly <laughs> executed actual traditional Korean wear in no time in the workroom because she could. And not only was it traditional, she would elevate it in a way that respected its lineage. Like and I still elevated it as drag. I Soju was fucked from day one if she was living in a Korean look. Right. I'm like I I think about. Kim, she dressed as her disappointed mother, and I get for clients. I'm like that. There was like so, like both in terms of like art and acting. That was just like one of the most cohesive looks. But yes. I mean, like Soju didn't come here saying I'm a look queen. Look at my Korean inspired look. She came here being like I'm a YouTube sensation and a host. Let me be that. We should be like we like. I get that we're comparing her to Kimchi because she did an it's Asian, inevitable. like a Korean inspired look. But at the same time, like she wasn't trying to be Kimchi. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I but. lived for her like personality, and so like I'm I'm here for Soju, even though like I mean I, you know whatever. I liked like, her, but I do think she was fucked from jump. Gonna do a shitty version of Okay, yeah, she, she couldn't have done a lazy humble and then, like, you know, gotten away with yeah. it and, like, had us not be like, well, I mean, obviously we're gonna compare you to this, but yeah. at the same time, like, the things that she was bringing was never, I think, like, I'm a look queen, is like a Korean look queen. Like, I would have liked her to stick around longer just to see, like, you, you know, we, we they rag on the, like, Instagram and YouTube queens, but it's one of those, like, you know what, Roma won a bunch of Oscars, and that started on Netflix. It's like, if that is where queens are coming from, if that is where queens are being consumed, then it's legit. It's not unlegit because it's not the, like, just like the people, the, the pageant queens look down at the club queens, and everyone looks down at the Instagram queens, but it's like, it, it, it's important to be versatile and be talented, but it's like, I would like to see a social media queen 
succeed if only because if that's where queens are finding work then that is part of drag now and you know that's that, it that i agree with you and that i think segues well into the next section because i do think you make a good point about about that and i do think this show does not like always evaluate what people do well trixie is somebody who i think has never you know blown us away on this show but she is i think at this point the most commercially successful person to ever go through this show and and yeah it was a good launching pad for her but when she won all stars three her acceptance speech that when she left the first time she feel like she felt like she'd been working her ass off to spin hay into gold or whatever straw into gold like she did just that um and i feel like the next the mini challenge then was about being able to frame a shot in a way that serves you well which i think is a good nod to there are now on the show sort of embracing the change i really like this mini challenge because it it was a fun twist on the random photo that didn't require every time they dunk them in water i'm like those dresses are expensive um so it was a fun twist on the photo challenge and it was a great way to it it was like it was a fun take on the weirdness where it's like you literally like we are throwing you this curveball to see if you can roll with it and that really did separate some wheat from the chaff for the for the queens in a fun way early on, where it's like, yeah, who was it? It was it was was it one of the Davenports? It was just where it's like they were literally just sitting, like they clearly couldn't in, internalize the instruction, construct the shot. Yeah, yeah. And then there were ones who was like there was a story or there was at least art of yeah. some kind, and that was a fun that was a fun thing to look at. I did also enjoy Manila's like. It was it's like, well, this is the winner's wall. And Manila's like, well, I'll be over here. Yeah. It's like, ooh, you're 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 bitter. I I see it. I see it. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you, but it's like, I do like the way that the mini <laughs> challenge called the modern times and pulled in the women. Yeah, I love yeah. pulling in the, the queens for a lot of reasons. So that girl, what did you think of the mini challenge? Um, I don't know. I I thought it was, I thought it was good. I don't feel like. I don't feel like all the queens excelled, but at the same time, I mean, that's obviously the point is to see how they yeah. stack up against each other. I the ones that stood out for me, I really liked Honey. Um, I really liked uh, Silky. I thought yeah. um, it helped that they happened to be wearing a contrasting cut. Like whoever wore, you know, greens or blues, just ended up looking just standing out in that. That's true. Yeah. That's true. A lot of it had to do with just the fact what that it color was light, lit a certain way, right. designed a certain way. Right. Was just if gonna... your entrance look looked good in that light, then you did great. Yeah. And if it didn't, then you didn't. I love that Vanjie was like, I'm literally going to turn fair against the wall <laughs> and look forward. Like, there is something about Vanjie's ability to produce herself that feels both like, I'm a cognizant student of drag, but also I am like Alyssa Edwards and that me being authentically myself and popping off and being weird is fucking hilarious. Yeah, and I, I think it helped that Vanjie's uh, clearly been working with Farah since, like, her yeah. debut. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like they don't know each other at this point. So she was real fine being like, she was fine pretty, being like, look at the wall. Hey, Bitch, dirt around. Yeah, yeah. Um, I liked that they paired Adore with uh, what, what Evie Oddly. Evie Oddly. That, that was, was that was that was great. that was one of my favorites. Yeah, that was I loved the two of them. Everything I, I'm saying it. Everything Evie's done so far, I've been like, yes, girl. Okay. Um, 
I thought poor Mercedes. That poor Mercedes. Mercedes was the one where I was like, ooh, girl, you're done. You poor not, Delta work. You do Delta not have just, the nerve I for would, this, honey. I wish someone was driving, girl. Like, yeah. Oh. I love Delta. Delta, of course, had the great line. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was so underwhelmed. so shady. She, <laughs> I love it. I, I, I felt like Mercedes failed to show any nerve in that moment, and I think that's why I'm certain she'll be gone yeah. very soon. Yeah, sadly. All right, does that take us to the runway? Oh, uh, yeah. Ru- ru- runway? Take yeah. us to the runway? Exactly. <laughs> so are we going to go through all the looks? Do we have? Yes. Yes. Go we, through we, all the looks yeah. like we discussed before yeah. oh, we yeah. started podcasting. Yeah. Ready to go. Okay, so, um, uh, so first, are we are we just gonna do them in the same order? That we're gonna we did do them for... the order that they entered because that's what's available. Yeah, us, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I loved Vanjie's look. Like it, I had, I know the challenge was not specifically to incorporate the drag inspiration through your drag, so it wasn't be Vanjie Tina. Yeah, but she did it in a way like. That skirt is so gorgeous, and that fabric is so gorgeous. I I really want to know if that was like in Vanjie's closet or in the trunk because that I just really love that material and it looks amazing. Yeah, she did a really good job, and she gave us that feminine silhouette that she's obviously like oh, as traumatized. Always <laughs> Are you kidding? Vanjie's gonna like injure her pancreas because she's gonna be so corseted for the rest of her life. Well, I mean, <laughs> and justifiably so. She's also, I'll say this, we saw her perform. She is significantly thinner. I think her waist is just, like... Yeah, yeah. Like, I okay. she's thin. My, I will say, before I move on, my favorite thing about Vanjie remains her voice, because I, lo- I love a drag queen that looks like Jessica Rabbit that sounds like Baby Herman. So when we <laughs> saw Vanjie perform, we saw her with heterosexuals who do not know anything about drag or the drag canon. And the fact that Vanjie got up there, looked and danced like Beyonce, and then came to the microphone and sounded like sounding like trucker. Joe Pesci is like chain smoking brother. They and was hilarious. They lived. I think that Vanjie, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say this now it's a little early in yeah. this podcast, but I'm gonna say it. I think Vanjie has a commercial accessibility to gay and straight audiences that is very unique for this canon. And I think that she has a huge post drag race career potential and i honestly think that they see that now and for that reason production probably wants her to stick around yeah i i'm gonna tell you right now i think vanjie is definitely top three material well, well also when you see vanjie in interviews there's an accessibility to her yep she like it's it's not an act she's not dumb dumb but she's she there's just something very like salt of the earth but quick yeah like it's very and it's very relatable yeah funny totally um all right so moving on oh poor nina west yeah, I was really disappointed. This was like a cross between Sasha Bell and who is that one who did the new, the like saggy nude suit and went home the first oh, time. Oh, du jour. Right, where it's like this. Oh, girl, don't do her like that. It isn't that bad. <laughs> but it's just that attitude where it was just like, I mean, first of all, much like Sasha Bell, where it's like, stop advertising it. How many times it took you to get on this show? It, it's weird. I... Um, I like her. I, I, I disagree with you more. I am I am here for Nina West. I I oh I want to like her. No, she's no, 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 no. Okay. No. Like I am here for Nina West, and she is clearly like in her fucking head at the moment. Agreed. It's not a Sasha Bell where it's like 
There's oh, you are clearly out of your league. I, Nina was clearly know. just yeah. like, you are clearly in your head, and it is going to cost you everything if, if you, you don't get out of it. But it's not a, like, there's nothing, incompetence there's, there's issue. There's nothing in your it's head. Yeah, a, I, yeah. I, I, okay, I, I, I take it back away. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think that... Uh, God, what was her name? Um, Tempest Jordan. No, no, the, the, Sasha Bell. Sasha Bell. I think Sasha Bell had like a deep lack of self-awareness. I think Nina West is incredibly talented and like seasoned drag queen who has not done much of sewing her own outfits. And this could have fucked her from jump. And I do think she was in her own head. Yeah. I saw her walk down the runway and immediately I was like, they always send the kind of like heavier Midwestern looking generic queens away this one fortunately has uh like the goods to back it up so much that they might not i was sure when i saw that look at it's gone and i was heartbroken so when she wasn't i was so relieved because i think this is like i honestly think this will be the worst performance this season Uh, i'll say this it definitely like to me it definitely was like you you like you got through this episode on reputation alone and thank, some other fuck ups. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. So moving on to Sugar Cane. We did not discuss the yeah. intro. Uh. So I'm here for her intro. She seems fun. I yeah. like her a lot too. She seems like one of those like New York gays who knows how to sew, who's done musical theater, this, that, and the other, and started doing drag with tons of the skills already together. Yeah. So she's like, oh, I've only been doing it a year and a half. I. She's been doing different things. Thanks. Going to drag. Right. I'm sure for. I like her entry. I like her personality. Her runway I like was her good. Runway. Yeah, I like that little that little pink accent was great. I like and the I, elevated uh the elevated blonde hair. Yeah. Uh, for being a like older queen, I just I thought she was great. I'm here for it. Like she's she's like a like she she's like older, but she's very youthful. Oh yeah, no, Mama so, has kept it tight, and oh, she's yeah, not delusional no. about it. She. Her skin is flawless. Her body is tight. She's not giving you old girl. She's she is forty. She's kept it tight, and she's still going to show up. And I live for it. We have actually never seen that before. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Plastique tr to uh, exemplifies something I was what I was talking about earlier, where it's like I like seeing a queen who, especially in the early episodes, does a simple look but does it flawlessly. Like she put together. Yeah, did she put together essentially a version of her entrance look? Yes. But is it flawlessly executed and gorgeous? Also, yes. Like, that's not a look that's going to win, and it didn't win, but it's a look that says... I know what I'm doing. Yeah, core competence. Yeah. It, I feel like if she hadn't had Bianca Del Rio this, that she could have won it with this. Honestly. I agree. If her if she had, didn't look so similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love Bianca to pieces. She has precisely one silhouette. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which they would never let anyone get away with. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Mercedes. It's not bad, but it does cut her. Like it, it, it manages her neck and makes her torso look stumpy. And she's, she's a shorter girl with wider hips. So like you're fighting that kind of, uh, anyway, but it's like, it, I think this is a look that's like three edits away from being really cute and fun. It just, everything is like slightly too long or slightly too short in a way that cuts her very weirdly. I, um, I don't know. I just think the, like the look is nothing, 
nothing that crazy special. No, no, it's, a, it's a body makeup, suit and a capelet, yeah. Like, her makeup. But her makeup, yeah. So, I mean, what do you think of her makeup? Like, honestly, like, I, I don't know if it's just this photo that we're looking at in this moment, because I don't remember it being this, like, ghost of Christmas future, but, I mean, it, it looks so, so much highlighter. Yeah, I, I tend to feel like the a lot comparison of, of the rest of her like skin tone. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, oh yeah, oh. I, I'm not really crazy when some of the darker skinned queens tend to like highlight themselves so much it feels like they're really trying to dramatically change their skin tone, a la Monique Hart. I feel honestly, in people I know who watch the show, I feel like uh white people tend to hate it and black people tend to love it in my minimal experience. I love the actual painting of it. I've said on her, is that on her makeup. Of, that's been my experience. I've never known. Oh, that. there's a huge. There's like a 100% cut. Okay. Like like a pure correlation in my experience. Oh. And I'm like, I don't like it because it feels like that's not your even close. It's way too far from your complexion that it doesn't look. That said, with this, in the way that I like the way that her makeup tends to look more like a drawing or a painting. I again, but like much like her entry makeup, I felt and her, uh, you know, interview makeup for the preview stuff and this, I I really like it. I do feel like it's not her complexion and look. It's okay. Odd. Uh, and the the look is nothing to get over. Scarlet Envy, I I really like this look. I think it looks great. Yeah. I think she looks great. Do I think she's top three? No, but it looks really nice. Yeah, and this did a better job with her of her face because like the it's it, it's like this looks like that like '30s model that like like I'm blanking on which like silver screen starlet I'm thinking of, but yeah, that that kind of square jawline works for this look, and it just everything's pieced together better. He does the makeup very well in this one, which makes me feel like the first time was just sort of a fluke or she didn't shave quite enough or was saving it for later or something but her makeup is good which makes me feel relieved i like the look overall yeah i like the red dress she can obviously construct her shape and the the sort of embroidered bejeweled situation in the front is interesting again i feel like this is a very good look it is not a winning look but it is definitely a safe top look. yeah yeah mm -hmm. um Oh, Davenport. Honey Davenport. Uh, very Ben de la Creme. I'm <laughs> digging the, like, obnoxious cheetah print. Like, I... The neon powder blue and, and pink Yeah, print. no, I... Very fun. I... I think she did a good job. I don't. I, want, I don't know if this screams honey because I don't really know who yeah, honey is. I, I yet, want that skirt to be I'm like... okay with it. I want that skirt to be, like, a quarter inch higher or, like, two inches lower. Like, it's hitting right on the kneecap, and that's just a weird place for a dress to hit for me. Uh, I'll agree with you on that. I'll agree with you on that. I was, this is so not my, like, aesthetic sensibilities, but it is, like, competently constructed and fun. I feel like with drag, it's always odd to be like, uh, it's a bit too much. That bow in her hair. Like, I love an oversized bow for the fine drag. You're wearing one now. That is literally twice the size of her face. Yes, I am. <laughs> but again, it's half the size of mine. It's very proportional. Uh, Proportionizing. Yeah. yeah. See, we, we've learned. Uh, 
So, Akira Davenport. I didn't live for her entry runway, but I lived for her runway look. Oh my gosh, the horse mane. Yeah. I love it. She is a, like, stallion. Yeah, no. She, I feel like it almost feels like, it kind of reminds me of, like, if she had a black friend, you know, who was just, like, fierce as fuck. Like, there's something very, like, superhero about it that I live for. <laughs> she does have a black friend in the cartoon, Katara, now, but uh, I could see that look for her, actually. Um, No, I love the height. I love, like, it. it you know what it is? It, unlike the bow, which was just twice the size of her face and, like, weirdly lopsided, that's, like, five, what, five wigs? But it works because of the way it's pulled up and back. Like and looks, the layering it yeah. creates in the back as it goes yeah. down is actually I'm, visually interesting. Yeah. Here for oh, it. I'm totally here well. For also, it. like this is like the perfect response to like critiques about oh, well, it's a bodysuit. Oh. She's wearing a bodysuit, but like all the those deep, chaps, the chaps, the, the chaps, the girl, uh, oh, the gauntlets, every. It's how you elevate a look when it's like it's what it, it, like the bodysuit is the little black dress of drag, and that's how you do it in a way that makes me scream. Well, yeah, I'll oh, say completely, this completely. based on the way that we've just talked about this. Clearly, it deserved to be in the top. Yeah, yeah, and I think she she was she was in the top. Like she didn't she wasn't one of the she didn't win, but she was definitely in the top, and she belonged there for sure. Yeah. Okay. So what is her name? This is Evie. This is Evie Oddly. Okay, so Evie Oddly's look. I get it. It's it it's on brand. It's the most on brand, I'll say. Okay. Of the of the runway looks like this. Whose this... socks did she have? Uh, I don't remember. It wasn't peppermint. It was. Uh, who's that? Who's that girly? It's like pink and cellophane. Was it Lag- No, it wasn't Laganjix. That none of us know. Let's talk about the look. Keep going in circles. <laughs> um, it's a very simple look. Like the. I'll I'll say this is a good look in that it achieves the design brief of looking like that queen. It is like that I appreciate. Is it a very simple look? And if you like unhooked that hood, would she essentially be wearing a napkin? Sure. Um, I I really liked it. But I thought overall, the hood I liked thing it. Was really great. Yeah. I think it was part of the look for a reason. It made the look. No, yeah. No, I'm saying I, like, yeah. I loved it. Solid. Um, I think it was an interesting choice to go uh, wigless for the first episode, the first runway, but, you know, with this look, yeah. it looked great. Yeah. So, I mean, and she did, she, it wasn't she a, it wasn't remained a, feminine while being bald. Yeah, at least it wasn't a kitty cat look. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know what's crazy is I feel like so much of it, like, she's got such a snatched body. And, like, he's serving Wamana so well. The heels and the material of the dress match so perfectly. Something about the, like, iridescentness of that, like, transparent hood and the lack of a wig. I feel like I would have liked this look with a wig or with, like, bald head and without the transparent jacket situation. Something about it is, like, too much for me at the top. I don't know why. It is a little muddled, at least on screen, but it I think that's that's, be, that's because of the transparency layering, I think. Yeah. Okay. All right, so moving on to Silky. Silky should have been in the bottom two, saying it right now. Oh, I disagree. I disagree. Silky looks like, she looks totally fine. I love the peppermint purse. I love the throwing of the candy. Like, she looks totally fine. Was she in the top? No. Was she in the top half? No. Was she in the bottom two? Absolutely. Also, no. You, you, oh, God, I, I, so she so I I feel like she sews well to her body. 
I think the color matching was well executed. She knew her shape and her figure. I do like that the cape has that look, and I like that the skirt has that look. What I don't like is that the back of the skirt does not then also have that. I'm not sure what yeah, the, the paillettes. The, yeah. yeah, the the I guess it's smaller paillettes. Yeah, almost. Look, yeah. Um, there there is like an odd disconnect there, but the line of it is so symmetrically at the center of her side that I'm not gonna read you for it. And I think the purse and the throwing was a good look. I actually think this is pretty middle of the road. I, uh, yeah, and I thought the keyhole was also kind of like you can't see it in the photo, but I thought it looked pretty like poorly done. But I didn't mind it. She had like a little bit of cleavage. I'm not saying that's not natural cleavage, but she had a little <laughs> bit of cleavage. I was here for it. I like the key. Uh, yeah, I, okay. I mean, it's, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not, it's fine. Um, All right. So Brooklyn, I, this week's winner. Um, It's a perfectly executed look. Yep. It looks manufactured because yeah. that material is extremely hard to work with. And she shaped it perfectly to her figure. Yeah. That I, said, I wasn't like, I was, I'm impressed with the technical, technical, yeah execution just knowing technically how challenging it is to work with those materials and that she did it perfectly but watching her walk down the runway i wasn't like yeah and so the lack of an emotional response makes me feel a little yeah i don't know if this is a winning look put it this way i feel like it was the most complex look to execute i think it was one of the most well-designed looks but at the same time it elicited no emotional response from me so, I mean, do I think that her win was deserved if you're talking about who made the best look? Like, yeah, maybe. Like, it, I do think it was <laughs> one of the most best-made looks, but that was, doesn't mean it was the mo- look that, like, moved me the most. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, technically, totally deserved to win. Emotional response-wise? Uh, yeah, maybe it is. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ariel Versace serving us uh, poison ivy realness in a bodysuit. I feel like I love the fact that she brought up the poison ivy, uh, like you know, reference, yes, reference because I was totally like, didn't she get Alaska's box? Isn't this more Laganja? And then uh, she said poison ivy, and then I was like, oh okay. And then I was like, well, I mean, Alaska obviously has. Wait, that wasn't Laganjas? I thought no, she did it. No, it was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I like that she did a shout-out. This was an interesting one, because I think the girls were unclear about, do I do something that's referencing that queen, or am I supposed to take materials inspired by them and be able to do myself with it? Yeah. I think that she very much was doing her spin on Laganja, and I'm not going to, like, knock a queen for that if it's, like, well-executed. This was a well-executed bodysuit with a playful pot themed nod to Laganja. I'll say this, it's because, safe. like, I was not here for a Jersey girl who gives you, like, princess cutie pie, whatever. I go to her bar and Lisa do Frank. shots with my friends. Yeah, yeah. No, but, and then, like, she did this, and then she's like, I'm gonna give you superhero cosplay, blah, blah, blah. Like, then she did Poison Ivy. I was like, okay. Maybe yeah. I maybe I need to give you a chance. Maybe no, I... it's in the dictionary next to the word safe, but it's it's solid. <laughs> I agree. I agree with all of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Rajo Hera again, the contestant who I said is dead in the eyes more than any Did other you, contestant. This reminds me of Milan. Uh, okay. If, yeah. No, I can see. Yeah, that. in that same kind of like 
you're not as arty as you think you are giving me disco. Like, yeah, yeah. like just that kind of like, like, girl, you paid for art school, girl. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get that. And like, this is where I say, you think this was better than Stilky? Like, no. Yeah, and the thing is, I like it. It's real basic. I like it and it's well executed. I do feel like it's when there's 15 girls, this is safe because someone is going to fuck up more. But it's underwhelming and you better be ready to turn it once like a third of the pack is gone. Yeah, right? yeah. Once, once, once we thin out the, <laughs> the, the week of uh, Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Uh, not Nisha Lopez, the Mercedes? artist. No, the one who went home with Dax, I, whose name I'm... Layla. 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 Yeah, yeah once, once we... Once we double eliminate those girls, you gotta be ready to <laughs> Don't even have Layla McQueen. She's really upset her pussy up in the years since. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're like, she needed to. <laughs> well, there was no Ursula is actually the sea bitch, in case anybody was unclear. <laughs> um, uh, I think this got an unfair amount of hate hate. I will say this. I don't think this looks at the bottom. Like, looking yeah. at the look we just saw, yeah, this and is then crazy. looking at this look, I'm like... Yeah. What do you mean this one's in the, the box? The only thing I can think of is, uh, I think if you in the comments they said that he's wearing her bra and panties, like oh. so, like that might have just been a did you meet the actual challenge, the challenge okay. stuff. Okay. Um, I think that she. The only reason she was in the bottom two is they knew that she was gonna send that girl home, whoever it was that she was with. So. Yeah. I that's why I think she got put in the bottom two because they wanted because to see her turn it out. Everyone else here, they wanted to see a good show and have her turn it out on the first episode. Yeah, that's the reason she was in the bottom two. She was clearly not even in the bottom five. Yeah, in uh, my opinion, but it's like when they put Chi Chi in the bottom for the politicians campaign when Kim Kinsey clearly deserved to be in the bottom, but they were like, we love having Chi Chi in the bottom because she can. Turn it out on, in the yeah. Yeah. and it's like that's Is really that traumatic for Chi Chi, yeah. but she did do, and I'm telling, telling you, you, right? I was like, phenomenally, like I get why you guys did that from a producing standpoint. Yeah. Poor fucking Chi Chi, she did a good job. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, no, I have uh, a feeling Kahada might be our lip sync assassin for this she season, definitely and I'm okay with that. Yeah. So I'm, okay. I'm gonna be honest. I, I hear your enthusiasm. I definitely think the Kahanas look was in the bottom five. I don't think that it was the, the worst. Two, yeah. I do think it was pretty structurally simple. My biggest issue with Kahana's drag is that Kahana likes to show a lot of body and she has like a really snatched body. And like, honestly, there are female professional bodybuilders in my family. I've seen women with more muscular bodies than this, but I feel like she has such manly male gymnast shoulders that I feel like you can show us all the body you want as long as you're like concealing those manly shoulders and you seem to never do that. And so that fourth wall is always yeah, her, she's, she's wearing apple. And it's not it's that like... I need you to be like, it's not that I need you to be like a super fishy queen. I don't think I value that as much as a lot of people, but I do feel like she never doesn't look like a man in a dress, even if everything else is perfectly executed. I didn't love this because it felt unfinished on the more open side to me. Um, it wasn't terrible, but I, it was bottom five for me. I'll, I'll be honest. 
Uh, I don't mind your shoulders. I think they're great, but you can, just because you're a Montrese doesn't mean you need to give me Montrese makeup at all. Okay. All right. Soju. I want to love Soju so bad. She, she's making it so hard. <laughs> like, even if, if her face were beat above that monstrosity, I, I, I would be in a better position, but it's like, even her makeup was not good. I, I... I, I don't mind the makeup because it's clear that she has a signature lip that she does, which is something we're not used to seeing, so it's just a little bit different, mm -hmm. but I'm, like, neither here nor there for it, but I will say she could have been more beat, and those knots in the back were unforgivable. And uh, I, <laughs> I will say I did enjoy all the little pound cake jokes. Those those delighted me. Yeah, they kind of did. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that it is little pound cake's friend. The knots in the back were really the thing that made this, I agree, unforgivable. And what's upsetting about it is you could have taken one of those pieces of fabric and made it into a sash and been like, this is like this traditional Korean garb, but I'm giving you Grace Kelly sheer tool sash, i.e. I'm hiding the knots I tied to hold this shitty garment together. She, like, literally two minutes to sew the edge of one of those loose pieces of fabric that would have gone with this, or was already on the dress to make it, like, literally hide the knots. Didn't give us that. Like I'm like if she had done like even if, if she had done the floral instead of the pink sash on top, the floral printing yeah. Yeah. as a sash that would have been Yeah, that would have worked. Better. And it would have worked in a way that was like this is like this traditional green garb, but, but a little her. change. Yeah. And it and she could have like passed it off. I just wanted yeah. her to do I had such high hopes. For we all did. Okay. We all did. I'll get over it. Okay. That lip sync was a foregone conclusion. Like, girl couldn't... I mean, I, I think if you put... Can we talk about how Soju talked about her cyst? Oh, we're going we're, 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 we're to get to that. I was going to... I have a whole thing about the cyst. For, well, I just want to say this. Um, you could put Cameron Michaels in that dress with the aid of, like... Like, Peachy Devane and Cameron Michaels could be in that dress operating a robot you built to lip sync. Uh-huh. And it would still fail because that dress would just like she could she she could be doing it in the room next door for for all the ability to actually move and emote in that thing. And then next to Kahana, where it's just like nope, done. Oh, but <laughs> do you remember season eight finale Femination? She had that same silhouette. She on. barely danced. Yeah. She, yeah. she barely she danced, but she dance. turned that party. She it was turned. her song on those back. Yeah, I, 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 she. Turned the party in that silhouette. You're like Mama Rue. You're like, there's no excuse, girl. Turn it up. No, figure it out. She turned the party that time. I've seen its party turned in that silhouette. I'm not saying it's happened very often, <laughs> but I'm yeah. saying it's happened. Okay, so do you have any thoughts on the lip sync beyond? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I agree with your assessment. I, I feel like I was, I had high hopes for Soju. Her runway was a runway where it looked where I was like, oh. Bye. Immediately. So, I, I, I mean, I just... that That's that. Like, she also... She just... I think the other thing going into a lip sync, regardless of how much we all knew Kahana was going to, like, turn it out, both because she's a phenomenal dancer and her output made it more doable, I also think if you go and you're the person who fucked up the worst, the other person just has to be decent yeah. for you to go home sometimes. And I think Soju was... So, like, the nails were in the... All, all the nails were in the coffin yeah. before it even started. 
Like, even if Soji yeah. had done oh. as well as Kahana in the lip sync, it wouldn't have mattered. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, like, Kahana would have had to die. Like, literally just had, like, an aortic dissection and drop dead on the runway. And then they'd say, we've had enough loss for the week. <laughs> <laughs> she, she could have done a Yara Sophia from season three, where she just, like, gives up mid-lipstick and, like, falls into this, like, stupor of, like, surrender. Like, ah, uh, that could have happened. That would have, that would have kept her. Okay, so to, to, to move on to the, to the, to the cyst issue okay i have a couple of thoughts about that one why there i mean but they kind of both did it kahana had her moment they both weirdly over like they both had that like yeah let me emotionally vomit all over you they both vomited all over these judges one was like oh my drag daughter my drag mother i hate uh, and then like, the other one was like also, my sis uh, like, like that moment okay first of all you're not no one's living in coco shadow like let's just <laughs> thank you thank you like, she's the size of a gremlin and she's not that talented <laughs> thank you like <laughs> no i'm i i can see the anxiety of that being real i get all that but it just hmm. i think mama Ru made it abundantly clear how she feels about the queens oversharing and defending themselves on the runway by picking these two as the bottom. Yeah. For the week. yeah. She's like, don't come to me with your problems. I'm not your therapist. Yeah. I'm not your mother. So this, the cyst, it's like, I feel bad for her because she's now the cyst girl for like the rest of her career. Like that is just, you, you, I, I don't, she's a weird oversharer. I think that suits her personality and her comedy and the way she hosts her YouTube show. Fair. I've not I seen her she's YouTube show. Okay. Oh yeah. No, I, I'm just saying like, like, just like it, 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 it's, it's, it's like someone decided like, what would be the like inverted crucifix of Miss Vanjie and it's cyst. <laughs> like, oh. like, like you found a way to like make me remember you as the first queen eliminated in a way that lacked the like spontaneous charm of Vanjie's exit line. Vanjie was an outlier. I, I feel like so do it's just kind of funny. I don't think it's gonna be like this horrible thing that haunts her. Frankly, we're gonna remember her as opposed to like who the fuck went home first season seven? I don't know. Tempest to Jour. Oh, there we go. We just talked about the her. Magnolia Crawfords and Oh the... my god. No, I'll never forget Magnolia Crawford because she was so combative from jump and quit drag after leaving the show. So uh yeah no i okay, okay so thoughts on the seasons does anybody have anybody where they i mean i feel like i've shared my thoughts on a front runner um i'm pretty good with my concluding thoughts does anybody have concluding thoughts on the episode or how they think the season might go that they want to share um i i, I have a thought of, of it's it's a it's it's like a read on vh1 and how they manage the show now i've noticed this with all-star season four but the exclusive post interview has been going to entertainment weekly for like the last season or so now. And it's, it's this part of this drift in drag race for me as it's gotten farther and farther away from its roots and more like, like the largest fan base of the show now is like teenage girls where it's like, I don't know. It, 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 the, the, wait, wait. The the post elimination interview is on ET now. I didn't even notice that. Well, I'm just saying like, yeah, where it's like, it's like, it's not like a, I'm not saying they need to, like, go find the Village Voice and resurrect it to do these interviews, but it's like, and my specific complaint with this week's was, and I'm going to read the quote here so I get it right. Uh, Though her time in the workroom was short, inaugural eliminee Soju introduced an inanimate icon into the Drag Race canon, one bound to join the ranks of our nation, Little Pound Cake, is the show's most memorable non-living entities. 
and oozing cyst on her self-described, quote, taint, unquote. That is one of the worst sentences I have ever read. It's not a self-described taint, it's just a taint. I feel attacked that you read that. Yeah, but, and uh, because I wanted you to share. I want, uh, like, it's like, okay, I mean, yes, medically it's the perineum, but it is colloquially and, referred and no, to as the taint. And no, that is not, that's our, like, our nation was real. Yeah. Little pa- we saw no, our no. nation. <laughs> we, we saw a little We didn't see so thing. But yeah, we did see so just, <laughs> But hey. also, that's like saying I read that article with my self-described, quote-unquote, eyeballs. That Like, it's a just terrible writing. No, no, no. <laughs> that's like saying that the bus stop is like, you know, a legendary, like, drag race. <laughs> so, Inanimate it object. is just, it is like, first of all, like, I, I abhor bad writing wherever I encounter it. Um, but the other, pro- the other thing is just, dra- drag race is getting more, like, it's the problem with drag race obtaining mainstream popularity is it's just getting more and more mainstream and i feel like and and, and maybe that's part of like rue's disconnect or it's like a cycle where like like a lot of people have talked over the last couple of seasons that rue is just less engaged and that it's like much more ready to bounce off of you know self-help platitudes like there's just less there there and i i wonder if it's like the self-fulfilling prophecy where it's like as it gets farther away from this kind of crunchy queer roots that it just i don't know like entertainment weekly that's like the non-magazine of magazines you read it just to because it is the uh, thing entertainment weekly is pretty in the canon and jason carter who's one of the pit crew guys yeah. the the guy who's been on since season three yeah. is coming back again now um am i being too harsh on entertainment weekly you are okay it's, it's like no like, they, they, they they entertainment of... tonight no i said entertainment weekly I know, I'm saying oh. Jason. Oh, you're right. Jason he is on, on Entertainment Weekly. But, I mean, Entertainment Weekly has always had a connection with it and that they did. They've done several uh, mini-challenges. They've sponsored several mm. of those. They've had, like, Who Wore It Better on Season 5. They had, uh, on Season 8, they did the Reading Challenge where an Entertainment Weekly, could, like, columnist rated that. So, oh, Yeah. They they've been around okay, since season okay, five. I'll, so. I'll dial it back so, a little bit. So I don't know. Let's just... Back to the show. Any thoughts on the episode uh, or the queens? Uh, do you think will do well? I just think, think it's well? gonna be. I think it's gonna be a fun season based on who's here. I think. I, am... I think that they have a real character on their hands with Sophie Not Ganache. <laughs> I think she's gonna take up all the oxygen in the room. Attitude check. Um, I'm feeling a little gassy. Like, I had a burrito yesterday. It's not agreeing with me, but, like, you know. I am uh, I am less enthused after this episode than I was after Season 10's premiere, but Season 10 fizzled out for me real hard. So I'm hoping that, like... I think this is going to be underwhelming. I think this is a season of legacy queens who are not particularly interesting or too concerned with being nice. All the rumors say that this season is one that production has really, really struggled to come up with any interesting storylines in. I think that that girl is right in that Sophie Ganache is going to suck the room, the air out of that workroom until she's <laughs> she eliminated. She might also suck the room. I don't know what oh, yeah, goes on with the cameras on. I know. She might, she's going to suck the, the air out of that room. And it's and I also think these are bland girls from Junk who are responding to her energy by just being quiet. I I, think, I hope that we are. I think that Vanjie is going to be a real presence, and I am hoping that this serves as a big launching pad for her and that she goes far. I'm excited to see what else Brooklyn Heights can do. 
I don't know. I, I feel like season nine, for like the seasons that I've been on VH1, season nine, I started off underwhelmed. It went on to be amazing. Yeah. Season 10, I started off super excited. I fell asleep by the end. Yep. Like Same. season 11, I'm having maybe, I'm hoping I'm having a season nine experience where I'm just like, I don't immediately love any of you like I did in season 10 right. with several of the girls, yeah. but I'm I, I'm holding out that one of you is just going to Sasha away with me. Yeah, well, I mean, part of the problem is just with 15 queens, that's like too many, that's just too many people. And, and I don't think they should split them up again, because that was not great either when they did like the two premieres. Mm-hmm. I actually like that. I just think the 15 queens is a lot, and 15 queens who are like post-drag race queens try to be nice and not say what they really think. It'll be interesting to see if it turns out to be interesting. Yeah. But uh, I will say, I'm I am heartened in that both the materials challenge and the opening photo challenge were fun twists in a way that felt fun and not like just reality TV show nonsense. Oh, I agree. I agree. And 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 I, I'm, I'm standing strong for Vanjie. I'm excited to watch the season for her alone. I'm hoping that I, I, I'm, what I am saying is fairly pessimistic based on the opening and my first impressions of these queens. I am very much hoping I'm wrong and will be tuning in excitedly every week. Oh yeah, even if it's bad, we'll still be here talking about it. You know, the show has a good two, three seasons of being bad before I'll really, you know, give up on it. You know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we know what we're hoping for, what we're afraid of, and I think that means we are done with this one thank thank you girl next door that don't we sorry that girl down the street, street that you don't like or can't remember the sassy name sassy yet gassy yeah jeez bye bye okay so we tried an actual goodbye in the room but this is our first podcast and boy did we fuck it up so we're gonna try again uh, this has been Reading Drag Race. I'm Ursula. I'm Conde Nasty. And you can look for us on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever fine podcasts are sold. So read and rate and review us and read us in the reviews. We don't care. Uh, tell all your friends about it. And we'll see you next week on uh, Same Drag Time, Same Drag Channel. Bye. Hi, I'm that girl down the street that you don't like, and I'm going to close out this episode with a tarot reading for Soju. Uh, now, as you know, Soju is my Chicago, my Chicago queen. I, I live for Soju. I've, I was really heartbroken that she left, honestly. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to be doing a reading for her this week, and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy. Oh, also, if you're curious, I use a standard writer waif. So if you're following along at home and you want to, like, check out the cards or you could just Google them to see the images, uh, I'm using a standard writer waif tarot deck. Okay. So this is a three-card reading. And... I'm just going to do it as a simple past, present, future. Uh, okay. 
So our first card representing the past is the Nine of Pentacles. The Nine of Pentacles has a wealthy, like, mature woman uh, in a vineyard with her Nine Pentacles behind her. She's dressed very well. She has a falcon. And uh, really, it represents the peak of opulence in a lot of ways. So it deals with prosperity, security, all sorts of things essentially equated with living the good life. So uh, for Soju, I would say this probably has a lot to do with the fact that she's enjoyed a lot of uh, social media success leading up to RuPaul's Drag Race. So this is kind of just her basically as she was coming into the race. Our second card representing the pe present is the Three of Cups. Now, the Three of Cups has three women uh, dancing around, uh, raising a cup. Uh, there's uh, pumpkins, and obviously there's a harvest happening. Or, so it's a celebration of essentially like prosperity, usually indicating something jovial is like uh, has just happened and that there's reason to be excited. So obviously Soju just made it onto Drag Race. She just had her big debut and made quite the splash despite the fact that she went home. Uh, let's be honest, Soju has been one of the more memorable queens eliminated during the first episode. So, uh, well, outside of Vanji, obviously. But, uh, so that's her second card. The third card is the Seven of Wands. Now, the Seven of Wands has a young man uh, who's holding uh, the wand as a, like, uh, basically in a combative stance. And it, there's six other wands rising up to him. So what this represents is essentially, like, some sort of conflict with uh, competition. It specifically refers to, like, the fact that there will be a upcoming uh, challenge to overcome, obstacle to face, and the fact that, like, she's coming out of the race right now. Obviously, uh, this would translate into uh, the fact that the road ahead is going to be wrought with competition, and uh, she's going to have to work really hard to rise above and, uh, you know, get those coins. But that is something that obviously is within her grasp. Uh, she just needs to, you know, persevere and persist. And she'll make it out to the other side just fine. Uh, so I did a simple three-card reading using a standard writer with... Uh, yeah, my name is that girl down the street who you don't like, and uh, this has been a tarot reading for Soju on Reading Drag Race.